Hello, welcome to Perspectives YYC. In today's episode, I speak with Jill Paddock, an abstract painter here in Calgary. This is inadvertently our second take, uh, as we'll cover. In this episode, we talk about everything from painting on a basement floor um, to the role of parenting and creativity, some mental health stuff, uh, uh, ongoing war with corporate America, damn you, West Elm, and uh, general curatorial advice. Um, I hope uh, you enjoy it. And if you have a, a moment to, to pause and jump on our podcast, Apple podcast app, or whatever you're listening to, give us a rating, a review, uh, a subscription, that'd be greatly appreciated. A quick thank you to Handmade, a local band here who's just released their debut EP called For You. It's on, I believe, all streaming uh, services. They allowed us initial access pre-release for their amazing song On and On, which you hear before and through uh, the podcast. If you do get a chance to check them out, uh, Handmade, not the Thai boy band, just check them out. Give them a follow on Instagram, Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you might be able to search and find them. Thanks again to Handmade for an awesome track for us. But uh, without further ado, here's my uh, sit-down chat with Jill Panic. Welcome back to Perspectives YYC, where, yeah, we're kind of having fun. Yeah, we are. Mostly. My sponsorship partner, partner, business partner, not crime yet, although we'll talk about that, Kyle, is uh, Kyle here at Media Lab YYC. But uh, yeah, Kyle's been uh, Kyle's been awesome. So uh, thank you again, Kyle, for all the help, direction, and guidance uh, and uh, computer knickknacks that you do. Today we're here uh, with Jill Paddock. I'm going to say again, even though it doesn't make any sense. Uh, Jill joined me a few weeks ago, and unfortunately, um, the computer decided that it didn't record properly, or it recorded and it corrupted. But um, we're going to take a two. So um, maybe we'll start off quickly, Jill, by uh, chatting about how we know each other, sure, and uh, and what's going on with you lately. Um, well, I know you. Uh, because um, you asked me to put up my first solo show at Phil and Sebastian in Mission, and that ran from September something till October 1st, so it just came down. Yeah, August. Actually, I looked at it. It was like August oh, 19th or something. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. the end of August till the yeah. beginning of October, and that uh, we just took that one down, but that's how I know you, and, and I believe you knew about me through your wife. Yeah, Helen, uh, my glorious wife, uh, Spark Joy and Helen, was a big fan of yours. We actually own one of your pieces, and uh, and she did one of the workshops with you. Yeah, uh, which is really cool. Yeah, so when I was uh, curating that, she told me to talk to you, and you immediately jumped on it. And the show was—I think I thought it looked amazing. Yeah, I'm I getting, loved it. <laughs> we had a lot of comments already. People missing it. Um, the walls just look so <laughs> so bare, bare, <laughs> naked. It was really neglected. fun, and it turned out amazing, like more than I could have ever hoped for it to look. So, 
Yeah, you. well, your work's great. Uh, not to fanboy too much, but um, <laughs> you know, I, I just like your work in general. But it really suited that space too. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, we got a lot of compliments. We actually got a few purchasers, which yeah. was nice. And we're going to work together soon. Okay. Yeah, magazine, we've talked about some nuances there. Yeah. Uh, but I think I'm going to use that picture eventually. And um, and more future shows. As I was just talking off mic uh, might have a new project to rush into once again for mm-hmm. Christmas, although you're busy. <laughs> well, I can always make time for things I want to do, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, the other interesting thing about uh, us, Jill, is that in the last two and a half weeks since we spoke, a uh, shit ton of things have changed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's going to be hard to kind of recapture the idea of a first podcast here. Yeah. But um, <laughs> Why don't we start with, oh, shit, why don't we just talk about what's going on right now? So where do you want to start? Do you want to start something pleasant that you actually have a studio now? Yeah, yeah, let's start with that. So (laughs) we've been doing a home renovation and we added um, another room to our house, which sort of led into me being able to take a space that we were using before as an office, but turn that into something that's my office now. And so it's um, my very own sort of room of my own, I guess. And it's, I've been able to set up all my art supplies there and just have a space that is dedicated to that. So that makes me very excited. Maybe just for context, let's talk about how you used to paint, (laughs) how you got into Uh, it and uh, where you were doing it. Yeah. So probably about six years ago, I started painting in the middle of the night. Um, I do have an undergrad in general studies with a minor in art and art history. So I did have that background. I had some materials from university kind of kicking around. Um, I'd be woken in the middle of the night by kids (laughs) and then they would go back to sleep and I just found that I couldn't. So my mind was always racing and just kind of all over the place. And I just started painting in the middle of the night. Um, So what I used to do back then was paint in the storage room in our basement, just in the dark, in the middle of the night. And in the morning, I'd bring my painting upstairs to the daylight and just be so excited to see what it actually looks like. That kind of evolved into as the kids got a bit older and I would, you know, paint while they were around rather than when they were sleeping or napping um, during the daytime, I would just bring my canvases and my paint up to the kitchen and I would just paint on the floor in our kitchen sort of living room area while they were eating or watching shows or playing um, and just kind of integrated that into my life that way. And that's just what I've been doing up until now. And now I finally have a room. (laughs) So if you haven't seen Jill's work, it's all kids' handprints and spilled food. (laughs) They do like to help, but I'm like, no, here, do your own. (laughs) No, it's really not. It's it's beautiful stuff. And as I learned uh, from you hanging, there's so many different uh, styles and approaches that you've been yeah, I kind of, I just, I, I'm inspired by so many different things that I just want to try everything that kind of comes to my mind. It's almost like there's not enough time to try all the different things that I have in my mind uh, going on. Like, I definitely have some ideas now that I want to try. And we've got all three kids in hockey right now. And I'm just, I need to like write down what I need to do because otherwise it just, it goes in one direction of my head and out the other. And <laughs> I can't even believe it's October. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Right. Um, so the work that I was familiar with is, um, I, I wouldn't know how to describe, but, you know, mm-hmm. the abstract lines mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. their beautiful colors. And then uh, from your Instagram, you were doing the palette knife stuff with mm-hmm. uh, beautiful floral uh, mm-hmm. shapes. And then you brought your nudies, yeah. uh, which was fun. So we had nudies up at the coffee shop, which is important to <laughs> highlight. They yep. were nudies. They're uh, fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then when we did the 
cover our competition from the magazine, you've done uh, abstract uh, city work. Yep. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> it's so cool. Yeah, I love it. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I just think that the idea of being creative with you is uh, very maybe I don't know multifaceted. There's just something. Well, sometimes I say I have like art ADD. <laughs> I just kind of can't. I I like to move things around. I'm I guess I'm the I like changes and I, and that's kind of I feel like part of my artwork too. I like to think that you know a lot of it in sort of invokes movement and change and it's not always static. It's not something that when it's done, it's done. Like I paint over things a lot as well. And I like to change my style. I like to, I like to feel that it's like always sort of pliable, I guess. And it it can always be added to, I suppose. There's a, I don't know, communal aspect. We talked about the, uh, the other time. Um, there's a communal aspect where there's an idea of both that you like to share. You you do workshops. You want to talk mm-hmm. to people about techniques. Even the pricing strategies that you have have a specific mm-hmm. philosophy around it. Yeah, let's maybe cover that. Uh, I don't know where you want to start, uh, whether it would be yeah. how did you get into teaching? Um, although yeah. we'll talk about that. Well, yeah. I guess, well, sort of first off, I I like to share what I do and how I do it and everything because I think I appreciate when people do that with me. Um, I like when people are open and honest and genuine. And so I hope that I am that as well. Yeah. So I love to tell people what I'm up to and what materials I used and how to do it too. I got into teaching workshops I guess, well, my past also, so in university, I did that undergrad with the art sort of as a subject as well, but it was actually a means to an end at the time. I wanted to be a teacher. So it was a teachable subject. It kind of came to me, like easier to me than having to write a bunch of essays or do math. So <laughs> so that's what I chose to do. But it wasn't really my passion at the time. It was just sort of to get to the point of being able to be a teacher. And so I did that for a couple of years. And so I guess I have that in me as well. And then I started teaching workshops with a friend of mine who's a sommelier. And we just kind of got to talking and she she really wanted to share her knowledge of food and wine with her friends. And she was like, you should come over and teach my friends how to paint and we can have this big night at our house and it'll be so fun. And I was like, we should do like paint night, but way better, right? Because I don't know, I feel like, I don't know, we just wanted to kind of do paint night, but sort of class it up a bit. (laughs) So we did and it was fun. (laughs) Yeah, my wife did one of the, I don't remember where the venue Mm -hmm. was, but she had a great time. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the other thing I learned uh, through our show together, uh, I mean, your um, yeah, sense of collaboration and mm-hmm. trying to connect with other artists, it's not restricted to just say painter to painter. I no, mean, I love doing stuff with other makers and artists and the idea of them sharing what they can do, like, because it's things that I can't and me being able to do something together with them and create something beautiful that I could never do on my own is pretty awesome. Like I've done... I hope I don't miss any, but like I've done a, a really, a lot of really cool collaborations um, with Poena from A. Marin Co. We've done like, we did baby blankets and beautiful like pouches and hair bows even. And I've done candles with Milk Jar where I provide the art and we talk about the scent that that we want to go with the artwork and do candles like that. I've done a collaboration with Adorn Boutique where we did sweatshirts um there i have a couple coming up as well that i'm really excited about too yeah that's i love the yeah the spirit the energy that it's not um exclusive that's mm-hmm. an inclusive process with you yeah. and uh through you i'm meeting so many painters i mean i remember 
when we first uh, connected and then I announced that you were doing a show, I mean, I, mm-hmm. my prospective Instagram account grabbed probably <laughs> 15, 20 painters <laughs> immediately. Um, and then through that, it wasn't just follow and be, you know, um, you know, peeking and like, it was like mm-hmm. they were DMing me and oh, yeah. talked to me and, you know, we've already met, uh, you know, some of your friends, et cetera. And I love it. It's great. Yeah. And it's given me a lot of opportunity to try to expand my ability to get your work and yeah. everybody's work up on a wall. Well, I think part of the way that I've been able to grow in this city and, and have people know about my artwork and, is through connections. And like, I don't think we were meant to just sort of sit in a room all alone, you know, and the people that I've met through markets or just even walking into places and being like, Hey, I'm Jill. You know, I make art. What do you do? <laughs> I guess I'm, I'm kind of forward like that sometimes, but it, it's interesting to me to be able to create those connections with people. And like, that's how I've gotten a lot of the opportunities that I've been able to show my work in different places in the city is just by asking and talking to people and I think, you know, you get what you want by asking. And sometimes you don't, but how else are you going to get it? <laughs> you know, it's interesting. I had another moment this morning uh, with another painter at uh, a new partnership that Perspectives YWC, I suppose I have with uh, a coffee company, Vintage Caffeine in, Ca- in Kensington. Much like my first solo show I, where a photographer asked the same question, they were like, how did you get it? Like, how did it happen? Mm. And then you get the flippant ability to be like, well, I asked, you know, <laughs> uh, there's a lot that goes into it before then, of mm-hmm. course, uh, yeah. you know, we get to speak you know, psychologically, culturally, whatever it yeah. is. I mean, well, and you have to come prepared with something to show. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that, that plays into the self-confidence to even be able to ask. Yeah. And then I can't remember if, yeah, we've already spoken about this, but yeah, my psychiatrist brought up the idea of, you know, this idea of people saying no, Mm -hmm. those aren't failures. You know, if the end result is for you to get a yes, if you ask 10 people uh, and nine people say no, one person says yes, that's still a hundred percent success rate. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that concept of, uh, change in perspective mm-hmm. um, that creates optimism out of what could be cynicism is a fascinating thing to explore because, uh, you know, I wallowed in it for mm-hmm. 38 years of my life, <laughs> uh, just blaming everything and everyone mm-hmm. uh, about why I wasn't getting what I thought I deserved. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm trying to flip the switch on that, it's like, oh, yeah, well, here's another cafe. And, yeah. you know, I'm, I have a podcast because yeah. Kyle's, you know, making yeah. me a podcast. Right. And uh, and those opportunities, you know, aren't just coming to you because you're just asking, like you also are doing the work and then, you know, making the connections and, and it ha- you have to do the work too, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, going back to that self-reflective wallowing person, like when the first magazine came out in the tail end of the run, like my wife, she's amazing. And she did the layouts. And then I've got Sam, who is a br- used to be a barista at the film. Center. He's our, our editor. So in the last two weeks, they're doing a bunch of stuff. And I'm mm-hmm. sitting there like, yeah, I'm making sort of executive decisions, but I, I feel like I'm not doing anything. And then I realized, you look at the calendar, I'm like, I'm meeting artists mm-hmm. three times a day. I'm like running around. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah, there's a there's a lot that goes into this. And I'm actually pretty frazzled today of all mm-hmm. days. Um, because yeah, you do have to, you have to go out and do stuff. Mm-hmm. You can't just ask for things for free. <laughs> uh, so there's a lot of work that goes behind it. But mm-hmm. um, at the end of the day, you also have to ask. Oh, yeah. Uh, if yeah. you don't, I mean, you always know. There. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, shall we get to the darker elephant in the room? Sure. <laughs> well, we won't, we'll try not to uh, pause it too much, but in the last two weeks, uh, sort of thing happened. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know how I want to phrase it. Maybe I'll start this way by saying that Jill's work through her ability to um, 
connect with people is actually quite visible around the city. There's a lot of retail spaces and uh, great partnerships. People that shouted out your show, uh, mm-hmm. which is amazing. So it's mm-hmm. not just casual art. They're like people that are connected to you uh, individually. Uh, and so, you know, whether they're sole proprietorships, uh, small shops. Mm-hmm. But one of them uh, is uh, West Elm in Calgary. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll leave it at that and give okay. you sort of the mic to give me just a a frame on that, and we'll see how yeah. long we want to talk okay. about it. But. <laughs> well, um, so I had I had the opportunity to have a pop up shop at West Elm in the summer of I think 2017, which was great, and I was so excited to do that. So I did that, and that sort of turned into them asking if I would like to display and sell my work within the shop. After that, so I did. So I actually made some specific pieces for their sets, for their colors, for for the seasonal changes at that time, um, and it was great. And my work, I think, sort of was switched in and out of the shop throughout kind of about a year's time or so. And so that was really awesome. Um, One of the pieces that was there in particular was there for eight months. And then it was taken out in the summer, just this past summer. Um, And then a friend of mine texted me a picture saying, is this your art? And it was on a bedding, like a, a duvet cover. And it looked almost exactly like the painting that was in the store for eight months. So I was like, whoa, <laughs> no, that's not mine. And I kind of, I went through lots of different emotions, I guess. But the first thing I did was call the local store because I've had a really great relationship with the people that work there. And I still do. They're amazing. And I actually went in there yesterday and they were lovely lovely to me, <laughs> despite all that's kind of gone on. It really has nothing to do with the local store. Um, so I've tried to maintain that throughout this. But anyway, so the first thing I did was call them. They were quite shocked and got me in touch with their higher up district managers in order to be able to get to corporate and their design team in New York and everything. So I kind of went through all the emails of people that had to go that had to go through. And then I waited uh, for about two and a half weeks and finally heard back from their lawyers. Um, And their lawyers said that the design had nothing to do with my artwork and basically denied any any relation to my work. Um, So at that point, I was pretty frustrated. And it wasn't the the answer that I guess I expected, because everybody I showed it to not just people that I knew, like people who just randomly, I guess, were friends of friends or anybody I showed it to, even if they weren't really close to me, was just like shocked at how close it was. And it just didn't seem right and like couldn't be just a coincidence. So I guess at that point, I was kind of feeling like, oh, all right, well, if if that's going to happen, you know, I think it's time to sort of make it public and sort of see what they see what public thinks, you know, see what what would happen from that. So I did. So I posted that on Facebook and Instagram wasn't really what I wanted to have to do. I didn't really want it to have to come to that because uh, conflict makes me feel yucky. <laughs> Don't like that. But I just, I wasn't satisfied with their, the way they dealt with it. I didn't feel like that answered my questions. I didn't feel like that satisfied what I was looking for, I guess. Um, so I made it public and that kind of spread like wildfire and the news got a hold of it and um, it even went on national news, which is just crazy. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna. I, I don't mean to. My mom <laughs> called me from Toronto. Oh my gosh! <laughs> she follows my Instagram, yeah. and she asked me about you. Yeah, and I was like, I, I am not like I don't know. Yeah, but uh, yeah, 
Yeah, Isn't national news. National news. Like, <laughs> I mean, I, I was so, so the, the news, you know, just kind of went all over it for a while. It went from sort of, it was for a week. It was on different radio shows, on the national news, on local news, in, in newspaper articles, online articles, stuff like that. And at that point, their PR department got involved because the media was contacting them for a, a comment. And basically their comment was, you know, we would never do this willingly. We love local artists and we're looking into it. So that was their answer to that. And then I heard from their PR people. And this is what I kind of haven't shared yet on social media because I don't really know what my next step is. Um, but essentially their PR guy called me and said they have a timeline that shows that the production of this uh, specific bedding and creation of it was in play, I guess, before this artwork was even created. And their timeline can show this and they have this purchased pattern, which looks nothing like the final product. But um, anyway, so he basically said, if I want to pursue that, or if I want to see any of that, well, he didn't offer for me to see any of that. I said, well, can I see that? Because I don't want to just take your word for it. And he said, no, because that information is not really available to public, which I understand, like companies don't want all their design information given out. So at this point, if I want to pursue it, I, w I would need a lawyer. I'm waiting on that. I have a friend whose husband is a lawyer who has very graciously told me that he would help me out on based on contingency, which I think is, you know, if I get paid out, then, then they get par a portion of that. But I also kind of feel, I don't know, I'm torn. I don't really know. I don't want to take their word for it, but I also feel bad, you know, getting a lawyer involved and having to get them to spend work on something like that. But he's very kind and and wanting to sort of root for the underdog and kind of too. <laughs> so I'm meeting him next week. So we'll see what comes of that. But it's been, it's definitely been a couple of weeks of like an emotional sort of ups and downs. But I've also tried to have the attitude of, you know, like worse things can happen. Like my kids are healthy. I'm healthy. Like I've tried to kind of have a different perspective looking. It's, it really is just worse things can happen, I guess. And it, of course, it does suck. But like, <laughs> it's kind of been an interesting process too to sort of see, you know, the support of the community behind me is unreal. Like that's just to know that people care. And like, no matter what kind of comes of it, just to know that people care about each other and are sort of rooting for you. And, and, you know, they've, they're almost like proud that, you know, you're standing up for yourself. Like, it's just, it's been a good opportunity to teach my kids even how to handle difficult situations gracefully. So I don't know if I've done that fully, but I'm trying to. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening so far. We just wanted to say that this podcast has been brought to you by Media Lab YYC. Kyle Marshall runs this amazing little outfit here in downtown Calgary. Um, and we wanted to say this here at Media Lab YYC, we help you Share your stories with the public, video, audio, business, personal. Let us help you take your idea to the finish line. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have any real advice for you, mm. uh, obviously. Um, <laughs> you know, it's interesting, like listening to that, Kyle joked with me, I can't remember if it was on mic or not, that mm. I, uh, I am like this damn the man, uh, you know, essentially <laughs> uh, anti-corporate yeah. something, something, something. But it is fascinating, maybe the perspective of uh, whether whether it's true or not. And, you know, I'll, I'll reserve my opinion, but Jill, you know my opinion. <laughs> yeah. You know, just even the, the context of the conversation of, uh, you know, little little girl, little guy versus big, uh, big bad Goliath, uh, you know, our sense of community, how we deal with these things. Mm -hmm. 
I'm suddenly thinking when I was in insurance back in 13 and uh, we had the those crazy floods here. Mm-hmm. The first thing that stuck out for me at that time was um, I received an order professionally to not contact anybody and do anything at the beginning. Wow. And the thing that struck me the most, because I'd only been in Calgary about a year and a half at that point, was like the moment the rain stopped, Calgary went out. Mm -hmm. And whether they realized how dangerous it was is kind of irrelevant. Mm -hmm. Uh, And just seeing the city kind of literally roll up its sleeves or show up in crop tops, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever it is. And get, you know, waist deep in poo, mm-hmm. mud, and mold. Yeah. And just help each other out was huge. Mm-hmm. And this is a little Toronto bashy, but I think about four weeks or something later, Toronto had flooded. Oh, wow. And uh, because of the density of Toronto, et cetera, you know, the insurance world looked over there because there's a lot mm-hmm. more money. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, Calgary lost, it was huge, but, you know, the federal government came in, et cetera. But mm-hmm. uh, Toronto became a much larger loss situation on a, you know, claim basis. Mm-hmm. And uh, people in Toronto, they literally didn't even dry out their own basements and yeah. waited and yeah. complained to insurance companies like, well, it's been sitting here, it's molding now, it's been eight weeks, you haven't sent an appraiser. And they're oh, like- boy. You could drain your goddamn basement, you know, and they're like, well, you have to see it. Mm-hmm. And so like the kind of temperate change, and it's not the individuals, like I know so many mm-hmm. people in Toronto that are just, they're mm-hmm. amazing. But as a society, when it comes to these sort of collaborative things, like watching the response when you kind of just put out um, your beacon, yeah. <laughs> your experience. Yeah. Uh, and regardless whether people agreed or not, pro or con, like people respond. Oh, yeah. And that's a fascinating thing that I've been trying to bring up uh, in these conversations with artists, there's something really important about that mm-hmm. response of just holding each other up. Yeah, and, um, it and is because especially during the sort of two and a half weeks where I wasn't really sure if I should make it public, and I wanted to give the company a chance to, you know, figure it out, sort of right the wrong if if it was. I'm I'm generally probably too much of a trusting person, and I believe people that are you know are going to do the right thing. And I think that's why I was really especially disappointed when they called and they were like, "No, this has nothing to do with you." And I was just like, "What?" <laughs> you know. But the the way that people kind of rallied around me and have sort of said, you know, we're this is good that you did this because it just even as I said kind of before, no matter what comes from it, like it just brings awareness even too that this happens a lot to other artists and like. You know, this isn't the first time that this has happened. Oh, God, no. It's awful and it's <laughs> yeah. sad. And, and like, I don't really know how to protect my work in that way. I don't, like, as we kind of already talked about in this podcast, I like to share. I like to tell everybody what I do and how I do it. And I want you to try your own way of being creative too, right? I hope, I guess, you know, when a situation like this happens to an artist, it, in some ways, it has made me want to just close up and sort of hide and, you know, not to want to show or share or anything like that. But I don't think that's the right response. I think, you know, despite the fact that that's kind of scary to me, I think that I can still be trusting and I can still be open and I can still share what I do. And, you know, there's going to be people who don't do the right thing and who take things from people when they shouldn't. And there's going to be people who appreciate you and love what you do and learn from you. So I just, I'm going to try and focus on that. <laughs> yeah. Which is good. And yeah. <laughs> I think, I mean, good in the sense that I uh, not only agree, but I, I respect that. I think that it's just so easy to point the finger. I mean, I've got mm-hmm. a, a hundred comments that'll point the finger at every goddamn thing right now. But, um, you know, but I like... It's good the, to be passionate. <laughs> yeah. But I know, but I like the idea of bringing it back inside and yeah. saying like, okay, well, how am I going to 
What's my next step? What's, well, how do I respond? I, can, I can't control everything. I can't control how it turns out really. Like, I mean, I, I do definitely, I've thought a lot about it and I do feel like it is, the next step for me is to get a lawyer involved and say, show me. Like, I do want to see that. I have that. I'm not just going to drop it at this point. But, you know, I have, I've got other things to do. I got to move on. <laughs> You know? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I, like, I, can't let it, I can't let it consume everything. And it's been hard because the past couple of weeks it has, you know, and I got other stuff to do that I'm excited about that make me happy. So yeah, let's use that as a nice segue to talk about this. I mean, mm -hmm. I look on your Instagram or, you know, we've met a few times and I mean, you're busy. Yeah. <laughs> um, you did mention before we started that unfortunately or fortunately the art room hasn't been used yet. Um, but I mean, I saw your work. I mean, we talked about this actually, um, even when we were saying the show, where's your work right at a library? Yeah. <laughs> so I think it was just like two years ago. I, I bring my kids to the local public library and switch out books here and there sometimes. And they always have local up art up on easels. So I said to the lady at the front desk, how do I do that? <laughs> and she said, well, you just put your name on a list. And I was like, okay. Like she didn't even ask to see my website or a business card or anything. I was like, okay, here's my name. And she's like, oh yeah, well, we'll call, we'll call you when it's your turn. So I got a call and timing worked out perfectly that they wanted it right for the beginning of October. And that just so happened that I was taking quite a bit of stuff down from Phil and Sebastian. So I plan to have some pieces there. So those are on display at the Signal Hill location for the month of October. Oh, that's mm -hmm. amazing. And, yeah. then, uh, and then there's something else. Like, are you in a market or what, what's happening in, over the Christmas? Or oh, maybe I'm mixing it up. You might be mixing it yeah. up. I've got... I. Well, so now that I've taken those pieces that were at Phil and Sebastian, now I need to find kind of my homes for them okay. again. And I do have a few different places throughout the city, like um, Alia is one of them that my work has been at for quite a while. And, and it's such a beautiful shop. And I feel like my work really goes well yeah, it's <laughs> with the macarons. sweetness of the macarons. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's my son's favorite. Oh, and my son is so spoiled. Yeah, that's so right, good. Emerson. I'm calling you out again. <laughs> Um, his favorite food is uh, salmon roe sushi, kura. Oh, wow. Uh, his favorite snacks, macarons. Oh, um, right now he demands a juice four -year -old with... A four-year-old foodie. <laughs> yeah, juice with bubbling water in it. Oh, my God. Yeah, he's four. That's uh, hilarious. He's got an amazing palate. He's been <laughs> helping us cook. Helen bought him a, a kid's uh, prep knife. Oh, fun. So the other day he helped chop uh, mushrooms and I can't remember the potato that time, but- Wow, that's um, awesome. This morning he made uh, my wife, well, he helped make, I don't want to overstate it, but he mm -hmm. helped me make uh, matcha lattes. Oh, wow. At home. <laughs> uh, we're setting this kid up for uh, well, what's, just I'd like to know what his, Emerson, what's your favorite macaron flavor? Uh, always pink right now. His favorite oh, color is pink. So uh, he likes the pink. So it's, I think pink at Ollie is probably strawberry. Mm. But his favorite color has been pink his whole life. Oh, he, yeah. He's starting to deny it now because boys are getting to him, but like he wears pink oh, shoes cares? at school. And, yeah, my uh, my youngest don't. likes to wear nail polish. Yeah. Emerson <laughs> and, loves nail polish. We yeah. had to buy him. Did you get him the water-based one? Or no. do you use the... the he just real? wears whatever I'm putting on oh, okay. because, you know, he when, wants what I have. Yeah. yeah. Emerson <laughs> wanted to do it. <laughs> I think even before last year, and then Helen Googled it, and there's like one that's water-based, so it's not, oh, you know, asked to yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because they don't want the kids eating it. Uh -huh. um, and so he got, I think it was, I think he chose blue. Yeah. Um, so he likes painting his nails. And now when he's, uh, he does a couple of things. He, when he paints, he's always painting his nails at the end with, with oh, yeah. like uh, real paint. And then the latest thing I noticed is he uh, faux puts on lipstick. Oh, nice. Uh, 
from time to time. So, yeah, I, you know, we've got some interesting uh, gender role stuff that's going to develop there. Uh, but it's exciting. You know, mm-hmm. you just watch this kid, like, try different things. It's fun. Yeah. Well, I, I, I went and dropped off artwork at Alia yesterday, and I tried the new fall fall ones. I hadn't – they, they have new fall flavors. Oh, they're so good. The- <laughs> Helen did a class there, um, and the only reason why we don't make macarons at home is you got to make all the same, like a lot as a batch. Oh, the same, yeah. So then she thought, like, she's like, it's hard, expensive. I don't even bother. I just go there because they make them best. You should do the class, though, because you come home with a a swag. (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy. So I have my artwork there, um, and then I need to make a couple new pieces for some of the shops that I also have work at, because I often like to do Instagram sales. Yeah. So I did one recently and, you know, got a lot of those pieces sort of moved out uh, to make room for new. So I like to do that because I think sometimes it forces me to have the opportunity to create new things because otherwise it just kind of gets stagnant. And so I like almost make it happen that I have to do it. <laughs> yeah, <it's, laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, what I like about that. I, recently, I was struggling with my Instagram in the sense that I, I started withholding some images that I thought, you know, I didn't want to give away for free, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And then I had this reflection that, you know, Alvin and I, my uh, photography boyfriend, we've been shooting a lot, but mm-hmm. I just haven't gone in and done the uh, production. And then I realized, like, I need to just get this old shit out because mm-hmm. uh, my process is constantly changing. And then, you know, fuck it. Like, if I yeah. run out, then that just means I ran out. And then I yeah, got to go it gives you a reason more. to make new things. Right? Yeah. Interesting. I think that's, that's, for me, it's in my own mind, it kind of... It, it forces me to create new things because I have, like, I want to. I want to continue that relationship with that shop. And so I'll get things moved out so that I can make new things. And I think, I mean, I hope that they appreciate that too, because then they get to have new sort of things switched over as well. And I, I've been very lucky because a lot of the places that I do have my work in continue to still want me to stay, which yeah. is awesome. But I, I wonder, and I haven't really asked them, but I do wonder if it's part in because I switched them out every couple months so that it doesn't become something that just sort of is like stale. there all the time. Yeah, stale, I guess is the right word. Yeah, I mean, at least in my experience, you know, running the art shows, it's why, for example, you had a solo show, but we, mm-hmm. yours is the longest so far, seven weeks or mm-hmm. whatever it was. But we want to be mindful of that too, because if uh, even with your beautiful, like that, you know, uh, 40 by 48 black, mm-hmm. I mean, that's a yeah. beautiful painting. But if that sits for People six don't months or a year anymore, yeah right? it becomes yeah. part of like wallpaper yeah. at some point which yeah. sucks you got to mix it up yeah. well so like you know with other artists too that have their work in places like for me it has worked to be able to stay at the same shops longer i think because i do switch them out myself rather than switching to another artist i'm just like here's another style oh, <laughs> here's me again but so it's like jill paddock from like <laughs> circa 2012 <laughs> yeah but or it's like, true yeah. i have like i have work at uh, adorn in inglewood and i love having my artwork there because it's such a beautiful feminine shop with pink and like gold and i mean i can just throw sparkles and wonder at all those paintings and they just fit so well within that space um at pretty sweet bakery another beautiful space um and plus when i go there i get cookies <laughs> that's, that's you know we, right? we just i try to that. work that's... it around the food yeah that's amazing <laughs> Um, and Pearl and Dot Bridal Boutique is another place that I have work. And it's such a beautiful space. When they first started um, posting on Instagram, I knew of them through the owner's sister. And so I started following them too. And they just had such beautiful, empty white walls. And I was like, I could put some art on those. <laughs> so I said, do you want art? And they said, yes. And it's that's continued on for 
two years now as well. You know, is it, this making me reflect too on this morning's meeting uh, with Austin Kamitz. We are sitting there at uh, Vintage, and uh, Vintage's walls are bare right now. Mm-hmm. And both of us are, you know, you almost get like twitchy now. You're like, oh man, this is a travesty. Like this is, it needs, it needs something. Yeah. And missions like that with your stuff gone, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm getting comments both directly to me and I see really? people talking to each other. All the baristas are asking me, Jacko approached yeah. me. He's when? like, when, when, more? when? Yeah. And I was like, oh, you know, and I had to look at my calendar and then there's this, you know, visible sense of relief mm-hmm. that it's not going to be just Empty. barren nothing. Well, mm-hmm. like I've had some other artists ask me, ask me, you know, like, how do you get your work in shops like that or whatever? And again, as we talked about, you know, you ask, but I also think it's important to ask at the right places. Yes. Like I, when I have, I've been asked as well as I have asked. So it goes both ways now as well, but when I first started, I like chose certain places to seek out because I felt that they, their decor or their philosophy or the way that they displayed their own stuff sort of matched my, what my type of artwork. And so I think, you know, like depending on what style you do or what type of artwork you do, like you'll know, like if you see a space and be like, oh, my art would look really good there. Well, then maybe that's a place you could ask. Right. And not every place is going to be the right place for you too. So. Yeah. That's uh, one thing that I've noticed with my, I, I remember, I don't remember who it was, but someone had met me. I, oh, I, last year I did. I think it was curated markets. Um, and Candice, who's awesome, Candice uh, Boudreau. Uh, she has these portrait sessions you do. If mm-hmm. you, so the photographer took a picture of me and commented that I have a, it's a cheesy or corny or silly smile or something. Like I just look like a total goofball. <laughs> and then she met my wife at a women's entrepreneur event. And mm-hmm. uh, when they started talking, they realized, like you know, that I had been taking a photo oh, of. Oh yeah. And then my wife showed her my work on Instagram and she actually was like taken aback and she's like, your your husband's work is so like masculine and yeah. moody and like dark. And I was like, holy shit, like I don't really think about it that way, but this is not, you know, a lot of the stuff that I do doesn't really go into on a lot of walls, yeah. I guess. Well, like I, I don't think... walk into a beautiful boutique and be like, you know what, this could use. <laughs> yeah, but see, but that's the thing is that you got to find your places. Yeah. And I don't think, you know, just because it might not fit like a bridal boutique <laughs> doesn't mean it doesn't have a place in a beautiful space, a beautiful yeah. modern space. Because I don't look at your work and think that it's, you know, dark or moody. Like I, I love it. And I think some of the things that you think might not be, you know, good enough for the light of day, well, they actually are. And like the things that you might, that's, I've experienced this as well. Sometimes like the things that you as an artist or photographer or maker of anything, the things that you think are your worst, you know, you put them out there and be like, oh, my gosh, this is terrible. Well, everyone's going to hate it. It are like the things that people like the most. <laughs> and you're like, what? I was about to paint over that. I hated it so much. Right. <laughs> like that has happened to me a lot. And I don't know. I just it, you just got to be willing to put it out there and just see. <laughs> I, I, so, yeah, two comments. First, my work currently is up at uh, this great men's shop, Stuff stuff for Him, oh, I, on cool. 11th Ave. It's been yeah. up there a while. Spencer's been a great supporter of mine, and um, I haven't shouted him out yet because it hasn't come up that mm-hmm. I have my work up on walls. But um, <laughs> but he's been great. So if you're a man who likes fancy things, you know, yeah, go to Stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, and the second thing that's interesting to me is you know, this idea of whatever that personal connection is to your artwork, and then you have an association with 
what it means to you, mm-hmm. which is different than what it means to other people. Mm-hmm. So uh, last year, I also met one of the most apparently famous uh, photographers, George Weber. Mm-hmm. Um, he's such a nice guy. He spent some time to talk to me. And one of the things that he told me, I mean, if you ever see George Weber's work, it's crazy. Like I've opened up books of his and I've felt emotionally moved from oh, a photograph wow. without context. It's, it's mm-hmm. the weirdest thing. He's just mm-hmm. got something. I mm-hmm. don't know what it is, but he's got something. And he, an older gentleman, super nice, super laid back. And like you, so easy to share. And so I literally was nobody. I didn't have perspective, didn't have anything. And Costas, uh, who I hope to have on the show, uh, runs a Resolve Photo, introduced mm-hmm. me to this man, spends 10 minutes, tells me about how he, he leaves uh, rolls of film undeveloped for two, three years in oh, a box cool. and comes back to it. <laughs> but he said he did that because he didn't, he didn't want the context of why, how, or what he shot in the moment to affect mm-hmm. what he was seeing in the image itself. Right. And I wonder, is there something like that with like painting? Because, you know, when you're painting and it's, it is a movement of mm-hmm. some spiritual energy, some emotional thing, uh, mm-hmm. and then you step back, mm-hmm. the idea of then quickly stowing it under the stairs for two years and then coming back and being like, oh, okay, yeah. well, now that I, you know, <laughs> it, yeah. like where's, where do you find your process in terms of how you assess your own work? Well, that's interesting. Well, often I... I have looked back at things that I've done and been sort of shocked at, like, I don't know how I did that. And I I think that sort of is telling in a way of the emotion at the time that I was putting into it. I do think that like, sometimes I look at things and just can't even believe that I did it. Like, I'm, I'm proud of it and surprised and like, wow, I don't think I could ever do that again. But then, you know, you, you do it in different ways. (laughs) Again. So but yeah, I don't know. I definitely, like, I haven't ever really maybe it's just because I have sort of a shorter attention span of things. Like I don't just put things away and not do something with it for a long time and forget about it. I'm always like, if I don't like it after a while, I'll paint over it. I'm kind of, I'm quick to switch things around. I don't really give things a lot of time to sort of sit. (laughs) The things that I look back on and be sort of like, wow, like I'm proud that I did that are ones that I've sold and see again you know, through my phone photos or when somebody else brings it up and they're like, remember this painting? I have it and I love it. And I'm like, oh yeah, I love that one too. (laughs) Or sometimes it'll be at a shop for a while and I haven't seen it for like six months and it'll come back to my house and I'll be like, I love this one. (laughs) Um, Usually if I'm around them too long, I start to dislike them. So usually when they're away from me and come back, then I like them again. So I don't usually keep things around me for too long because then I don't like them and I start to change them. I don't know. That's kind of weird. No, I I totally identify with it. It's interesting. There's uh, like in the magazine, Alvin, uh, again, I'll stress my boyfriend, wrote a piece about the philosophy of street photography through the eyes of his hero, uh, Gary Winogrand, and ultimately the, the Coles notes, if you will. Um, are that the only thing that mattered to Gary Winogrand at the end of the day, and I think George Weber is the same, is uh, it's four, it's a, it's a rectangle, four walls, and something's mm-hmm. happening in there. Mm-hmm. It needs to speak for itself. Mm-hmm. And so for George, his advice to me, I think it comes from a similar uh, philosophical sense, like forget about the why, the where, the one, and just look at it as an image. And then it mm-hmm. becomes very either, it's still emotional. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hate to believe that you put up, you know, golden rule of thirds, like uh, transparencies oh. and oh, gosh, give yeah. a shit about technical stuff like that. I don't. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> but. but at the same time, um, you know, it's interesting from a painting perspective that, uh, you know, how, how do you assess um, a connection to a painting? Is it... I remember that I was super angry, super connected, super happy, or mm. is it 
about brushstrokes? Is it about color? Is it about palette?、Mm-hmm. Uh, and not that I want you to define it technically.、Yeah. I, I guess I'm just throwing examples in the sense of a to show my limited understanding of painting. No, I also- think there's definitely pieces that have been very emotional for me because of what I might have been feeling at the time when they were created. And the people who own those pieces are actually people who I know well. So that's turned out kind of interesting because I feel like they've been drawn to those because they know me, and they know the story behind it as well. But for the most part, my artwork is—I like making beautiful things just for the sake of beautiful things. Like, I mean, I think lines and shape and movement and colors are beautiful, and they don't always have to have like a really deep emotional. Feeling to them, other than that, it's a beautiful thing in a world that sometimes is difficult and hard. And like to me, that's what art is all about. You know, it kind of came to me at a time when I wasn't maybe feeling on top of the world. <laughs> I was feeling kind of anxious and and stressed out and just kind of confused and worried at you know all the things in life that are hard. And so for me, art is. You know, it's spiritual. It's it's like a meditation. It's something that sort of brings me to a place where I can just be free. And so, in my work that is maybe abstract or even just sort of like those florals, those those are a way of just sort of being free. And t- so, if people see those and feel that, like that's that to me. Like some people might look at those paintings and just be like, "It's a flower," but I think the people who look at it and and it connects to them emotionally, maybe they are understanding that. You know, it's freedom, I guess, in that moment, and it's being able to just let go and do something that you love, and and try to sort of let everything else fall away. My opening premise、uh, for issue two,、uh, which we hope to publish soon,、um, is that art is actually should not be defined by all these categories, and it's、mm-hmm. just the expression of、yeah. human the spirit.、Right? Well, I I saw something recently that said, you know, if you dance, you're a dancer. If you paint, if you paint, you're a painter. If you, you know, like it doesn't. You don't have to be a professional of the thing to call yourself an artist. Like if you want to make something, you you are a maker of something. So just try it. Yeah. <laughs> right.、Um, yeah. Well, I want to just as we close off here, thank you,、um, A, for coming to see me.、Yeah. <laughs> uh, B for putting up your work at Film Special. That was a that was a big show. I it was think. Fun. It, Not just for you, for you、uh, finding out that was your first solo show is nuts、yeah. to me, <laughs>、um, but also、um, establishing you know perspectives there with not only because you have a great following, but the work was、mm-hmm. great and、Thanks. it really generated a lot of conversation. And lastly,、um, just for sharing you know all your spiritual energy, whatever you want to call <laughs> it, with us.、Uh, yeah, I love your work. I think、um, I hope that as we move forward, we'll find other ways to collaborate. Oh, for sure.、Um, yeah. And.、Uh, Yeah, I guess that's all I've got. Yeah, thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ta-da! All right, right, Kyle. That's pretty good. Close enough. <laughs> all right, I'll、well, see you in the next one. Thanks. Bye. Lay your-